well, do we have a, a way to start it? You guys got any turp burp definitions, anything like that this time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's going on, everybody? No, I do not have an intro. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Good evening, everybody. What's going on, everybody? How are you the hell or how the hell are you this evening? Apparently, I'm tripping over words. I'm doing well, and I'll probably be right there with you. Um, I I recently uh, this week processed some triple burger for a friend of mine, another caregiver here in Michigan, Baked Pone. Uh, he works uh, not only as a commercial grower and a commercial op known as Mitten Canico, a pretty popular and well-known and well-respected grow, a commercial grow, I should say, here in Michigan, but uh, also a great caregiver and another panelist on the Michigan Bros Grow Show. And holy smokes, guys, this triple burger, it's essentially like a GMO back cross times three, like GMO back cross on itself three times or something yeah, like that. Garlic. Uh, dude, it is so stinky funky. And uh, every time I dab it, which has been like two or three times now, um, my shoulders sweat, my <laughs> neck sweats. My eyes get, I, I don't know if you guys remember Pedro at the end of the last show. That's like where they start for me. And I just, be, I can't see anything for the rest of the day. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to chief on that Sounds all evening, but very nice. Yes. I was uh, after the show last week. Oh, I, was I thought you had quite the munchie set up last week. Yeah, <laughs> I, I ate. Yeah, I ate quite a bit last week after the show. I, sure. I stayed up and ate quite a number of cookies afterwards. Ooh, <laughs> what kind of cookies are we talking? Uh, we're, we're chocolate chip. Okay, we like made sure they night. No, they're well. I mean, they're home baked, right? Oh, okay. Well, we'll close uh, enough. Okay, I was gonna I say you. you can't take like cookies out of a package, like sleeve of cookies, and put them in a cookie jar like that. Oh no, that. no. Okay, no, that's that's just messed up. Yeah, that, dude, that seems a little blasphemous. But hey, guys, <laughs> cheers. Uh, welcome to the third episode of the Variables podcast with your panel, Pedro, Dizzy, Superior Buds, and myself, Fergoli. We are multicasting, multi-streaming, whatever you want to call it, everywhere on YouTube, on Twitch, on X, formerly known as Twitter. That's the last time I'm going to say that. I swear it's just X now. Um, and you can find us every Friday night here at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 9 p.m. if you're a mountain folk like these two up here. <laughs> and we're even on Facebook tonight. Oh, yeah, Facebook account tonight. So, that's yeah, cool. live on Facebook too. What's up, Facebook? I haven't seen you guys oh, yeah. in like 13 years. Oh, yeah, right. We got, we got some Facebook posters already. Yeah, there are quite a few messages coming in, actually. Love to see it. And yeah, we uh we have the uh sh the the chats from all of those here on the back end. So feel free to throw in a chat, ask us a question, make a comment, a query, a concern, anything that you might have to share with us. Throw it in those chats on any of those streams, and we'll see it and we'll be able to respond. Yeah, I appreciate we'll you guys. Try, try to pay attention to chat a little more. Of course, we're still kind of working the kinks out of the show, but uh episode three, you know. Yeah. Cheers, Eagle. Well, while while the conversation gets rolling, I'm gonna rage at Steve Sizelove over here. Look at that beauty! You can't just well drop that on us and not tell us what the heck that thing is. That that's actually <laughs> one of my friends, Steve Sizelove, uh, double uptake recycler. Um, it was actually one of the first headies that I that I got. It was like one of the ones that was like, holy shit! And I drove to Denver. Um, Went to Positive Vibes, met with uh, 
damn, I can't remember his name, but right now, um, bought it from him, drove back home. And it was just a cool ass experience, you know, like driving that far to grab a rig and come back, you know, and, and it, and it just kind of like sparked my huge interest in, in the Eddie glass scene, I guess, if you will. Certainly and, looks heady. How's the, uh, I mean, how's the head? I, and this is the thing, like, you won't really know what heady glass means until you hit it, right? I mean, you can look at it and it's beautiful and everything, but isn't the function kind of the most important part? No, not necessarily. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's just the artist. Right. Um, you know, other times it's 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 form. Uh, other, other times it's functionality. Other times, other times it's just the the visual. You know, if you like blues or if you like reds or you know. As an example. There you go. You like dog. Dog. Yeah. I love you know, it. There's lots of different, um, lots of different animals and whatnot that they make. You know, all the different artists kind of have their own little thing that they do. Generally, they might, you know, modify that thing, but they, they kind of have a, a thing that they do. So, smoking on some nice. drop C tonight. It never likes to focus. There you well, go. I, I broke out the honey rig tonight. Beautifully. That looks like a fondue fountain. What is going on over there? Missing the Dave round tonight. Guys, stop it. I'm just going to walk away in shame now. I feel like I'm just going to smoke a joint or something. Because that was a custom one over there. Some GG4 with Death Star here tonight. Okay. Okay, and how was that? It, I did a little one before the show. I had to pregame a little, so it's tasty. Hmm. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how quiet I get. <laughs> we, we might have to get into this a little bit later, but uh, um, I don't know if anybody even knows this, but Eden, the company that we're from, Parachute, has we'll call it a Fino of Critical Kush. And we just washed it this week. I think me and Eden are the only two people to exist that actually have critical kush. Oof. So that's going to be an exciting one in another week and a half for people to go check out. Right back. What's what's cool about it is it's it's been one of your mains for a long time, right? It's one of your favorites, and so it's it's tried and true. It's not, it, it, you've had it long enough, you know, it's not just a passing fad. And, and to be fair, I feel like, yeah, I'm going to speak for you guys because you got a torch going right now. Does yeah, he, uh, <laughs> uh, I, he said he, him and, uh, there might only be two cultivators essentially, uh, with, with critical Kush. And um, you might be right in the Fino because that is a very, very important distinction among strains. But I just got to say, man, when I, uh, when I throw it into Leafly, I've got four shops within 10 miles that apparently have critical cush. <laughs> yeah. So, so to, to clear or to clarify real quick, I did, I bought it uh, years ago as a seed, I think from BC Bead Bank or CCC, BCC bank or something like that and uh, did the pheno hunt myself so yes when I was saying that uh, I was referring to the cultivar of the pheno because like I'd love to 
to pretend like I'm the the only one with like a real clementine, right? But you know, those seeds still exist. You can still get them. You can still get Crockett Family Farms Clementine. <laughs> like, and I know he just did a giveaway or something with some recently. So, um, yeah, I just and, saw that on X yesterday and thought of you saw Clementine. I'm like, what the hell? It's still out there, like winning awards and stuff. But like lime skunk, that's another one. It's an exotic genetic strain. It's not like something I found in the wild or bred myself. Like it's a commercially available strain. I just happened to pheno hunt that pack and find that specific one out of many. And I had to, you know, give up another probably winner to keep this one. And um, you know, that's just the the joys of the hunt. <laughs> You guys would be uh, proud of me tonight. I had a. Uh... Oh, were you trying to talk, Dizzy? You get you're muted. Take it away. Take it away, Dizzy. Hit that mute button, Pedro, or unmute. <laughs> I'm trying to read lips over here. <laughs> I so let's. So let's... wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. I need to answer a question, Mister. <laughs> Jesus, why am I? Ashaya is asking what name the. Did he just mute you again, or is it just me? What's the name of what? God. Yeah. I forgot you were coming. I can't I stand often, you right now. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the Dizzy Grower. The Dizzy Grower on Facebook. My fucking God. <laughs> I almost want to fuck with her now. I should be going along. Make it a thing. Shite. All right. So let's start with the first right. variable, yeah? I got one. I'm going back to that critical cook as I try to breathe here. So bear with me. Because that, that rip. Um, when they first Two in, washed, one out. when we first <sighs> harvested and and washed critical kush uh, up at Eden, um, it washed like shit. Um, they wash fresh frozen, and apparently it doesn't like to it doesn't like to dump fresh frozen. So I suggested to them. Uh, that we do, you know, the half dry, the Pedro half dry, like I've all, like I've done for fuck, I don't know, quite a while now. And they were very resistant because of labor, bluntly, you know, broadly, just the amount of labor. Adding extra there. steps. Yeah, because, it, it, yeah, it needs to be harvested differently. And is, is it because time. it's taking up dry room space? Because I, quite frankly, what I see in a lot of commercial facilities is the lack of planning for dry room space. Well, we didn't. Yes. it's So, yes, I'll, I'll just say without going into great detail on everything. Yes, it's dry room space. And it's also that once half dried, it can't be machine bucked. So it's got to be manually bucked for because the trichomes are much more. Um, brittle, I guess, if you will, at that point in time, which is the variable, which leads to why we do it. Um, so like I said, when we washed it as fresh frozen initially, it just, it was shit. It looked, looked like ass didn't, didn't dump at all. It was like a, I don't even half a percent or something like that. Just horrible. So they were considering getting rid of it. I said, just, please just try one bed of the half dry, you know? So we did, I've, if he did 50,000 grams, I think, um, 
or maybe it was only 25. I don't, whatever it was, doesn't matter. A lot of a lot of critical. I was gonna say, how big is one bed? Because as a caregiver, I think one bed's like a four by four, maybe a four by eight. We're talking probably what, like a, a 50 footer. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not in the garden. Um, so the beds, I the dimensions and whatnot, I have seven lights, <laughs> nine lights, ten lights. Uh, we don't use lights for open air. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. in greenhouses, but yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So no supplemental at all. Um so, so just, I think it was yesterday, they started washing the critical cush with after the half dry and, and the hand bucking and whatnot. And I don't know the percentages yet, but it is monumentally different. I mean, monumentally. And it wasn't the awesome. harvest. I know this is a different harvest here, but it, it wasn't the harvest because I, I, I checked the plants before they're harvested and whatnot, you know. And, and yeah, like I said, I'd love to give you numbers right now as to, you know, the, the percent that it dumped as far as flour to hash. Um, but it was effing monumental. And uh, let me think about that one for a second. I won't go down that road because I want to verify that. But, but yeah, we're talking going from one and a half trays of, of hash just as a, a, a volume for you to upwards of six, seven trays. Oh hell yeah, dude! And the color is is ridiculously different. Like it's, what? it's gone from that dark, darker brownish color, you know, hash, to you know, with plant matter, chlorophyll, blah blah blah, to uh, absolute blonde, just blonde. Is all in, in, instinct wise, what is it? What was the change that made that difference? The, the brittle, the brittleness of the heads. Because just, when you just that when, when I harvest, uh, when I harvest critical kush. Um, it's Dizzy actually has arm covers that she wears when she's when she's harvesting <laughs> like, like farmer's armor or something. Yeah, yeah because leaves. because yep. it's it's sticky and she, and she gets itchy and what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hives really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Defoliating too and veg plants. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Insane. So where was I? Very lost. <laughs> What's that? Back to the brittle trichomes. So it's really, really sticky. So the five-day dry um, dries the stalks the, uh, just a little bit, just enough to allow, you know, I, I, and I'm not a scientist, and, and I don't have the facility. Well, I kind of have, I'm having the facilities, and we're going to start the testing, so I'll have more answers as we go along. But at home, um, I think it came out of necessity um, because we didn't have a way to, to process the fresh frozen, to store it, to 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 harvest it, it it was just it was very problematic so uh, out of necessity we we started like a, a little a quick little half dry and um yeah the half dry is so think, convenient i think my room wasn't wasn't cold enough to process the stickiness of the critical dish you know um but yeah the half dry um we're we're going to now that we've found this monumental of a difference as big of a difference we're going to try it on phenos that um, also washed not as good or, or, you know, the ones that we were considering giving up or throwing away. And then we're also going to wash the ones that did wash well and see if maybe there's an increase or potential. And that's that's what I'm curious. And I'm curious about a few of the variables here and one of them um, being the most important to me. And... The reason I avoid any sort of partial dry when it comes to 
I guess what I would call fresh frozen is because the only benefit I see personally in my process is that I can essentially get more volume per run on it. And that's because I can fit more material, more trichome heads into my column, which is a closed vessel. It's a, it's a fixed volume. What I can fit in there is based solely on the material I have, right? Um, doesn't matter the weight, doesn't matter the size. It's just, it's a complete volume is, thing. Is there that big of a, a difference in volume between? I would say plus or minus about 200 grams is what I can fit in there. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I just don't see, as you were walking down that road, I don't see any benefit for you as in your processing for, for doing it. No, I mean, not if I'm going for quality, you know what I mean? Like if I am going for a little bit higher turnaround or whatever, or more um, output per cycle, then yes, like there is a benefit there. But the reason I hesitate to do this, even in your process, let me back up. Let me tell you things I love about the fact that you guys can, can alter the material to to your process to make it work because this is one of the things that frustrates me about your process is the fact that clementine just doesn't work it doesn't work it's too greasy it's too sticky the try i don't know if it's trigon head size if it's stock thing if it's a maybe maybe half drying would work with it right and maybe we get a better Most. turnaround and and that's i i mean i kind of want to try it now you know what i mean because i've always done it from the straight fresh frozen method that being said, I think there is a potential loss for terpenes when you do this. And I, I would hope that you're able to do this dry and slight cure in a cold room or like some sort of very environmentally controlled. Variables. Yeah, man. Because if you're not, and if you're just going into that, like, oh, spare room you got, that's might be 78 degrees and you know who knows what humidity and you're just kind of throwing it. it's like you're you're That's you're taking away from it man you're just degrading it at the point you guys you ran a how long is a marathon like 26.2 miles like you ran the 26 miles and you saw you saw that last point two miles were like ah, i'm good so number one uh if i can remember all these things greasy generally doesn't wash uh, and or press well it just it just doesn't generally um with the half dry a little bit better but not not it's just a general thing when i when i find a greasy plant i'll tend to kind of walk away from it unless i really like the terps and really want to try to produce something you know um aside from that you hit on exactly what i was going to hit on the variables um the te the temperature um the light conditions uh, the humidity um everything kind of comes into into play um my god how how long you cut your branches yeah. you know, how, how much actual branch material because that contains a lot of you know moisture so you know if you're cutting them real short versus real long i mean there's another variable um so yes uh, and and to go back to your to your terpene um comment i i don't know at home because I haven't had the availability to do testing, you know, you know like they, they do commercially. Um, and I haven't looked into it for a while. So maybe we do now, but I just haven't looked into it for a while. But we haven't, obviously, we haven't processed it through. It's only in hash form right now. As a matter of fact, I think it's in the freeze dryers, freeze it, or drying right now. Um, so we don't have 
test results back on the terpene content. Um, and I believe we still do have the test results on the fresh frozen terpene content, but it was kind of shit. So I don't know if, you know, if that's, I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess, but yeah, you know, it's, it's like, you didn't really kind of go into it with the the scientific, like thought, you know what I mean? So we can compare it to standards of other cultivars, I guess. Right. 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 We could get baseline, you know? Yeah, no, those are, uh, I don't know, that's just one of the biggest things that bums me out about um, the, I guess, the bubble washing, because it's not rosin, it's not, it's the the bubble <clears throat> hash process, right, That is the, where the greasy kind of trichomes get caught up in. I mean, it, it can really get caught up in a lot of places, but generally, I think it gets caught up on the plant material in, in the washer itself. So it just doesn't just, come off is kind of the yeah. Issue. I just because I just generally don't see it dump at all. So there's okay. no place that it's caught except for what I can't see is which is the plant material, especially when it's wet. You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't mean like uh, the the trigum's getting caught up. Like I'm getting caught up on it. Like <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. But but that does make sense. Like it's just not. It doesn't like physically dump. You know what I mean, so to speak. And that's like. That is the benefit I I have with my processes. That's like right. it's a it's a freaking gas. It's a liquid. It's a you know. <laughs> I remember yeah, the first know. time I had one that didn't dump, and I messaged Pedro. And I'm like, hey, what? I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like I just washed like three freaking plants and got nothing. Did you think yeah. you did something wrong, or did you know At why? First, totally. Yeah. Walk I us mean, through totally, that. Like what? It, like honestly, I already had successful runs ahead of me. If that had been my first run, that would have been extremely disappointing. <laughs> like, you For know, you just invest in all this equipment. You get everything ready. You got a freeze dryer. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Walk us through it. Like, what, what equipment did you have? You said you had a few runs on your belt, but tell us, like, what you had, what you're working with when it came to this specific run that you just, like, not was, you shot the bed, but you know what I mean? Yep. It was, it was Pedro's same setup, right? The original five gallon washer modified drain hose um dumping into a bucket taking the white wastewater away um just pretty pretty standard setup that we use but i did have a freeze dryer at that point that was the critical piece of it all um, it was a harvest a that's true I, I actually did have a cold room right off the bat too nice so just i mean cool bot modified lg air conditioner so plus i mean as you know i live in the up so nine months out of the year my my cold room is open a door <laughs> it's cold anyway <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> it's part of part of like why i like it up here yeah i mean like getting back to the dry I, I have the absolute perfect weather you know the majority of the year 60 degrees is my baseline it's easy for me to hit 60 60. yeah that's beautiful man you know i, I mean when i harvest i harvest right into cold right into my dry tent at that point i convert my veg over to a dry tent set ac infinity up for 60 60 set the lung room up to keep everything set right and then it just goes can you explain to everyone what a lung room is so all three of my spaces share air from a much larger space that's the lung room 
So my veg tent, my clones, and my flower room all share air pulling in and exhausting into the lung room. The lung room is where I do the majority of my, I do all my dehumidification in the lung room. And I do all of my, I guess, air conditioning in there. That would be the main two. Um, the flower room exhausts into the lung room. It provides the humidity. There's a heater inside the lung room as well as a heater inside the flower room. Plus the lights. It exhausts all excess heat into the lung room. Air conditioner takes care of excess heat. The veg tent pulls from the lung room so I don't have to worry about cold veg. And then just a couple of AC Infinity controllers to control it all. This dude's a fucking nerd. Wait, <laughs> I love it. Very meticulous. <laughs> well, well, up just a little bit. And essentially what that is, right, is it's a super-powered, environmentally controlled room that you can pull that resource from. And that resource being the humidity, the temperature, um, I guess that's primarily it, but uh, those two things, and then feed it into these other, other environments. And the reason typically that you have a lung room is because you're having multiple smaller environments around it that you might not necessarily have the power, the space, or the, quite frankly, the need to have all of that equipment in every single one of these rooms. And the, there's a, a beauty it's kind of a gift and a curse to having what I call a tent town or a tent city yeah. <laughs> or having like four or five different grow tents and one like garage or something like that. The cool thing is like, yeah, you can have five different flower rooms growing at five different times. You're just be harvesting all the time and just like have an endless supply of weed or whatever and be able to experiment and all this stuff. But really, realistically, you need a dehumidifier for everyone. You need it air conditioner for everyone you need air movement yep. and fans and all that for every single one and so to kind of combat that is to just have one big room which is often just the room that contains all this stuff and or if you have a lung room specifically you're feeding it maybe through ducting and yeah it's, it's able to control all of those smaller environments it's, it's a balance it, mm -hmm. it's a real fine balance but and it's different for every i've done this in three different states now in very different climates every single time. Nice. And I've made that's this a variable. Yeah. The the climate that's outside, what what is the latent heat that you're getting through your garage or your shed walls? Um, mm -hmm. and then do you need more AC? I, for me, where I'm at, I need more heat than I need AC. I have to add heat, even with my lights, everything going. So are you I guys definitely, familiar? Definitely do not need to add heat here. <laughs> <laughs> not until the winter. Well, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes in the wintertime, yeah, but not generally. Okay. What about when your lights go off? Do you guys have mm -hmm. I mean I, I gotta it, imagine no, it, gen it, it generally stays stays in a comfortable range. But I'm not talking about temperature, I'm talking about humidity. You know what your humidity is when your lights go off. Yes, yes. Yes, but do we care not? Or nor do we pay attention as much as we should. As we used to, too. I'm sorry, Pulse. We used to have a humidifier going and stuff, and right now it's just not functioning and we're not paying enough. Well, I'm not necessarily talking humidification. Typically, what happens when your lights go off? Right. is i'm just speaking in in general in a in an indoor environment 
your lights go off, your heat drops very quickly in your room. What happens then is your humidity gets thrown way off. And typically what happens when the lights go off, the uh, temperature drops very rapidly, um, and then your humidity spikes way up. And that's kind of a warning zone typically for like pottery mildew and those types of things. Agreed. What would you consider a danger zone for too high of humidity in light off time? Uh, a lot of that has to do with vapor pressure deficit and where you're at in that graph. I'm no pro in that. I could just follow a chart because yeah, it's agree. easier to read uh, X and Y axis. But uh, I would I try to stay away from 75 plus. I know I just went to a commercial grow today that was operating at 80 percent while I was there. Um, no problem, you know. Well, but they are also using what uh, is called a CO2. Uh, no, that's not even the thing. It's called reheat. You guys familiar with that oh, at all? Right, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's a, I feel like that's a whole show. And I had like a three and a half hour discussion about it today. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we, it's we live what they call the high desert here. So our, our humidity uh, is generally just 25, 30%, you know, on, on average, I would say. In our rooms, uh, probably 40%. Um, so I, I can see a spike of maybe 55, 60, but, um, not problematic. Yeah. It, it's it, a lot of, it's just about the swing, right. And how fast is the swing and mm -hmm. for me, I well, have a separate program for day versus night and that's how that's I, so funny. I can maintain BPD. So it just changes the, uh, from okay, so my very basic understanding of how to combat that with reheat is essentially in a ducted uh, air conditioning unit. They're adding a heater that's essentially the equivalent um, to the BTUs in or out, and so when the air conditioning goes off, the heat goes on. I think, or vice versa. I guess it's always just trying to keep it at a certain amount of uh, a certain temperature, and when it's in between that. Um, those temperatures of heating and cooling, I think is when like you're really getting the dehumidification power. Obviously, whenever you're cooling, you're getting dehumidification. Sorry, this is a very, very basic knowledge of it. I haven't done it myself, <laughs> but um, I know that you can't do it with a, um, a mini split, but the way you combat that is by having an external heater and then timing it right and just having it come on at the right times. And there's a way to do it. But essentially the whole idea is to never use a dehumidifier again and completely control your humidity levels RH by your air conditioning unit alone, which is clearly possible at a commercial level. We're talking, you know, I don't know, a couple thousand square feet per room without a single dehumidifier. So, I don't know. I, I like that there for a second. <clears throat> I popped up a, uh good one that you were just kind of hit on there. So helping to mitigate the swing by larger air volume. I guess it's more, I mean, yes, having a bigger um, volume to pull from would help that. But I also think having a higher airflow would also make that like, okay. So the, the quicker you can flip over that room that smaller room that tent right um the quicker you can change the environment within it so if you're pulling from a room outside of it that 
don't know, maybe is two times the size of that room. Um, obviously, you can swap that out very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> if you're using that to feed off four or five rooms, it might take a little bit longer. Um, right. So, yes, having a larger room will help it more consistently uh, stay consistent over time. But having just a bigger fan is going to help it change quicker, you know? Right. <clears throat> more air. Yeah, more air would definitely be more stable, um, but it also depends on how dense are, are the plants in there. You know, more more space generally means more plants too, so you're going to have adverse reaction there. More to know. combat. Yeah, yeah, I don't know which way it's going to go really on the curve myself. I would definitely say the biggest variable in that question would be amount of plants in the space you have. So to answer your question, yes. You guys want to give me I shout outs to like uh, that larger air volume in my flower room and the higher headspace because mm -hmm. it keeps it, they don't get too hot. Every heat rises, takes the humidity with it. I have a large fan that exhausts it out right away. Um, and then it brings in from the lung room, it actually brings in from the ceiling down through a filter system and then in at the floor level into the flower room. So that I offset, totally cycle that air. Is it a HEPA filter? It's not HEPA. It's oh, it, it could be. It's you just surprised me. I know. <laughs> I know. I I actually when I finished it all up and then it it went further than I expected. <clears throat> I went back and said, "Shit, I really should just painted the inside." And you know, there's a lot I could have done in that duct, but it stops crap from coming in. Oh, <laughs> painting the inside to like stop the light and everything from reflecting. No, it's it's actually a full S, so no light leaks. <clears throat> so paint the inside of the ducting. There's a channel between the studs. That's an air duct for me. It pulls yeah. high, goes between the studs all the way down, and then into the room. Uh huh. So I I could have painted the inside just to clean it up, make sure. Uh, I gotcha. Yeah, it's put some micro, yeah, like micro. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Microbial, the, the, whatever. Yeah, dry lock has some shit or something. You know, somebody has something. I love it, dude. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> There's always something extra you can do. I I built yeah. one grow of like uh I don't know. There's like two two twenty light rooms essentially, and we had no reason to think that there there was gonna be any water on the floor, right? You know, there's just it's not you're gonna spill that much water that it's gonna like cause an issue or anything and, and so <laughs> we built the walls with just regular two by fours well you know i should have made the floorboards like the floor two by fours the weather shield ones or whatever you know the ones so they're not like rotting or molding or anything like that and uh and, you know seal them up afterwards but no of course i just used all regular two by fours and sure enough a couple years later you know getting it wet a few times dealing with issues i i will say if you guys are going for a commercial commercial grow facility try not to use any wood whatsoever because it's just not going to work in the long term right yeah those the little pre-built uh aluminum studs are perfect for that or the what uh what's the big the foam walls oh there's like pvc walls and stuff now i'm not there's so many different brand names and yeah we we just finished my floor off um sealed it all up with white and then <clears throat> trimmed out all the way around vinyl trim caulked it so we're I, i've spilled enough reservoirs 
I've got a lot of water moving around my system. So there's always water going somewhere. You got to plan for it. We should have learned. I mean, we've all spilled a <laughs> reservoir, overfilled it once or twice, you know, or 17 times. Yep. The number of times I've overfilled the RO bucket. He's trying to get five gallons and left it on for five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is the beauty of having a, a phone handy all the time, though, is you just, if it's there, man, it's, it, be, it has to become part of your tool belt, just like scissors, just like method sevens, just like anything you use in the grow room. As this is your timer, the second you fill that thing up, you know, Siri, Google, whoever it is, you know, whatever, Alexa, like set a timer for five minutes, check the RO water <laughs> every time. Just like filling your fucking vehicle with gas do yeah. not leave the fucking thing unattended because i have adhd and i'll walk in the house and i'll be like oh hi kitty and on, oh wait i need to get some water and then oh wait yep. look at some chips over there man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> some water in the fucking backyard you know yeah. i got a on the farm, and man. i installed smart thing leak sensors so the water oh, runs okay. through the floor drain boom oh John was a dumbass. Go hit the valve. I love it, dude. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times that we've over, I've overfilled reservoirs and or yeah, basically just reservoirs. Yeah, it's it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I, I have a problem. I have a problem <laughs> with uh, with like water that turns on with a little lever, right? So we use our little and it has a on off on off i will turn it the wrong freaking way almost every freaking time it's time to turn it off and just spray myself and everything else the only anxiety i experience in life is when i hear running water (laughs) i'm just i'm happy i have a floor drain now so that that alone was huge for me yeah huge safety that's like step one of building a new commercial space too. It's like, all right, where are we cutting these drains? Do we have enough? Uh, what do they call it? The the uh, like head height or whatever. When it like you have to get to a certain. Come on, plumbers, chime in, somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not the plumber. I can't even turn the thing the right way, and I don't even know what that thing is called. So yeah, no, I'm not helping. All right, we're streaming on three YouTube channels, two Twitch channels, two X channels, and a Facebook channel. If someone can't tell me what it's called, when you start here and you have to end here, and there's a certain angle you have to have for the water or the the, the liquid to get down to the drink. No, I'm not seeing it. Not seeing it. Not seeing it. Slope. I mean, someone said slope. What's what's the variable here? <laughs> Step down. Architecture water word. Step down. Like that doesn't sound right either. High Wally, but it's word. close enough. <laughs> Pitch grade. Grade sounds right. Grade sounds okay. pretty darn close. Oh, Brandon, I'm gonna gi- I'm giving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. The, the plumber guy, and I and I actually kind of missed some of that conversation. I, you you said it, and I just had to do it for my drain, and I don't know the fucking term. So, 
it's rise over run is the grade that's what it's called so you have the amount that you rise and the amount that mm -hmm. you run and that is the grade and that calculation gives you basically the capacity of your uh drain i think i don't know i was never professionally trained in this, guys <laughs> we're all just a bunch yeah. of handymen building row rooms over here <laughs> just trying to grow our own meds gosh darn it <laughs> yeah, handy in some areas like i'll right. literally uh build a breaker before i like or like not build a breaker that doesn't make any sense but like i'll install a new breaker on a, a not live because i know how to turn it off but like you know install a new electrical line before i will like install a new toilet just because it just it makes more sense to me i guess same yeah i know it's more dangerous it's terrifying to me i've <laughs> replaced toilets with my grandfather 30 years ago but it's I ain't gonna lie, I got a plus sense day to fix the wobbles. <laughs> so Where does it all go? electricity to me makes it, I'm <laughs> I check out even more. I'm like, nope, I had no idea. One million percent out. You know what kills me is I have literally all the tools to do HVAC, like uh like air conditioning, freon replacement, like all that kind of stuff. R six hundred, I've seen it before, and it, like vacuum pumps, I've got all valves and weights and measures and all those things i just i'm not formally trained in it and i don't think i'm comfortable watching enough youtube videos to do it <laughs> yet here i will stand next to a closed loop system full of hydrocarbons and process my can i just i don't know some things make sense and some don't right i'm i'm doing enough plumbing with my new setup i did a whole custom drain i've got you know the whole custom feed lots of I can do that because it's 100% me, but if it's in the house and it's like, if you fuck it up, you know, there's going to be water in your kitchen or something. I don't want to mess with yeah. it. For real. I'd rather pay someone. I can get water in my grow room all day long and not give a shit, but I don't want to fuck up my house. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of wood behind you, man. I don't think I'd set up a grow tent in that room. <laughs> water in this house is not a good, Oh, yeah, luckily most of the water, I think all of the water from our grow and or washroom does not invade the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily Actually, it's like on the concrete um, slab from mm. garage that used to be there, you know, so it has kind of drainage somewhat built in. Actually, like, like some direction you can put it. Yeah. yeah, but there are still like wood studs, you know framing bits and such <laughs> superior I, i'm curious how, how much does uh the lake affect your relative humidity um right now the stream tells me it is 95 percent outside <laughs> that's that, most of my year i was gonna say is it most of the time it's Jeez. it so and then the lake will freeze and we'll hit zero percent oh Okay. So I get both extremes and really nothing much in between. That's crazy. Yeah. How does that treat the wood? Oh, my house makes some crazy noises. I was going to say, it's got to be like creaking at those times. Like, <laughs> it, it, I mean, that's what's the good part is my house was built by the Amish. So the oh, wood yeah, is great. Right. It's, nothing's happening at the house. Now the electrical and the plumbing don't let Amish do your electrical and plumbing. <laughs> 
But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> that kind of makes well, sense. Erase I that. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we had like 65, 70 mile an hour winds sometimes with oh, the storm yeah, dude. right off the lake, and the house doesn't make a sound. That's, you know, incredible. It's pretty wild. Uh, and you and open that, the door, how, how close to the to the water pull up the live stream <laughs> yeah, right. Right. um i mean my backyard live seriously i'll pull it up hold on maybe 30 no i don't actually yeah i can switch to outdoor oh yeah can you just do it for this this guy hold on oh i'll have to just share Oh yeah, Superior yeah, Lives yeah. art. Uh, yeah, I get it. Art, you know, want to. But you are a geek, and then you get it done. And no, it's cool, it. dude. It's uh, yeah. His he's got a constantly streaming his view of Lake Superior, and it's pretty freaking amazing. So that's obviously nighttime right there. Yeah, that's basically from his house. You see that that ocean-looking body of water. <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest inland lake in the the country. And, and this is the small part of the lake. So cool. Still can't see across it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty close. I would say that's yeah. definitely. I'm right there on the water. Yeah. It's so awesome. Beautiful, Beautiful spot you have there. Mm-hmm. And the whole backyard's blueberries now. It's awesome. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, we finally true. got them to propagate all over. So we have blueberries and mint. Are you trying to get bears over there? Or what's going on? We have bears, but they're at the bottom of the bluff. <laughs> they're usually on the lake shore. Uh, like, you're up. Can you get a license for that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, as far as I know. I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, you get you get far enough out. You, you even need a license and all that. Wait, wait. So, how <laughs> often are you seeing stuff at the bottom of the bluff? And why don't you have a camera set up like to check that out? That's got to be a wild view, dude. At the bottom of the bluff, or just um, like the overview of it? it nothing's gonna last down there. Yeah, that lake is. She's a monster. <laughs> yeah. get ice shelves. And I mean, it's you're th talking like ocean thick ice moving, and you know you got a mile long piece of ice. The oh wind takes it and it crashes on shore. It does. It, I mean, it blew apart my seawall in one night. <sighs> Just destroyed it. Took every bit of it out. Right out. You there was wasn't a piece left. <laughs> what do you do? Do you just rebuild? Rebuild. Yep. You can't Golly, fight mother nature. Dude. No. Not like that, He's man. That's a big ass lake. Try. Dude, I'm familiar with like no, St. Clair. That's <laughs> yeah. a it's a big lake for not being a I mean it's an inland lake, but not technically like you know, it's like the it's like the Great Lakes grandchild kind of thing. <laughs> it doesn't have anything on any Great Lake, and Lake Superior has its name for a reason, man. It's insane. Yeah. I would agree. It, it's we're in the protected side, which is nice. Like, what does that mean? On, uh, like we're in the bay, so oh, like protected, protected from yeah. from big winds coming north, north to south. 
Um, every now and then, though, you know, if it's coming just right, it aims right at the house. So we can take some direct hits that are pretty ugly. <laughs> can you like, I mean, oh gosh, it's like, yeah. Do you plant more trees or do you want the view? You know what I mean? Like there's not really a win-win there. That's why we're adopting a lot of permaculture and looking at, you know, bluff stabilization and doing it naturally. So we've been planting a lot of native grasses that are deep rooted um, bluff nice. stable, stabilizing all the shoreline. You know, we've lost trees there. The bluff is getting smaller. I mean, you get another 20 years. I may be right on the lake, like literally. <laughs> so just keep getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah. Yeah. We already lost the staircase that used to go to the bottom. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. Lake, oh, lakes, shit. lakes mad. Yeah, I've heard that even on Lake Huron, you know what I mean? And that's nothing, you know what I mean? It, Lake Michigan's the same way, though. You yeah. get those, oh, those winds. I mean, like, look at big what time. Chicago got hit with before, you know. You get those north-south winds, and it drives that water straight into Chicago from the long ways down the lake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's got nowhere else to go. <laughs> Just funneled right up Lakeshore. <laughs> you know i took a couple of those rosin pills before the show Ooh. and i think 49 minutes is approximately the amount of time <laughs> it takes to fucking time dead on <laughs> 49 and i don't know how many seconds but and go back and figure it out after the, after the show's That's posted. <laughs> I haven't seen you guys take a rip at all. What's going on over there? I just double dabbed while I was telling a story. I think I was telling a story. See, that's it. He's got the email. That's the convenience of an email. Ha! In and out. You guys are over there. No, no, no. Shit. I was yeah, so laughing because I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch them all take about. It's going to be about 20 minutes for them all to take a dab. Then I'm going to go in and out and no one's going to know. <laughs> yeah, no, I will never um, say, you know, say that there isn't, you know, value in an email and or one of these dumb battery uh, uh, kind of things, you know, but, um, you know, there's just, just preference, you know. Well, there's more than preference. I would say the convenience of an email is what makes an email worth an email Agreed. outside of that you guys have completely embarrassed me how we started the show with you guys showing off your glass and you know what? i'm happy that i have an email because i didn't want to show off my glass i wanted to get it off the screen as quickly as possible <laughs> speaking well, of right. rigs well i'm speaking of what i'm going to change rigs oh, <laughs> i love it I changed rigs before the show. I saw. I don't. I saw. Yeah. What you gonna get to use now? Hmm. Excuse me. Peanut butter breath. Well, yeah, deck. going back to talking about the humidity on the lake. I mean, that's what we're battling. Where I don't battle temperature anywhere near. Humidity is my big variable, and I have to handle both extremes. So you've got to have a lot of humidification to keep flower in check in early flower, and I, 
I provide humidity from my flower room into veg. That's what keeps veg in check. Um, and then you have to have dehumidification for laden flowers so you don't get too high, you know. And if I open my room too long, humidity is going to spike. So that's why I've got the big dehumidifier in the lung room. Just more variables. Try to eliminate them as much as you can. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, you can't, if you can't get rid of them, you got to try to control them. At least offset them. If you can't fight them, yep. you can't beat them, join them. Something like that. exhausting sometimes. <laughs> it really kind of is. I kind of had to like step back from it. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I just need a break. <laughs> sometimes doing that early preparation though like like budsy's doing although you know it just seems so labor intensive and so took a long time it, you know it, it it pays off and yet you know that's yeah. not a variable but that's where i'm at with it i'm like uh, i'm just staring at this lime skunk every time i open the door to my flower room it's the first plant i see it's eye height it's about as tall as me and it's from oh i don't know below my sternum to about the top of my head just and as big around as i could possibly hug full just a column full of buds and just oh. and just thick 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 and it's one of six like that. And it's, you know, just look in. I just think about the number of days until I can harvest her. And I remember it's too far out to be thinking about that. <laughs> and then I go over to my nutrient bucket and I grab at least three liters of, of nutrients, uh, water, I guess, reverse osmosis water sometimes with a little bit of recharge in it. <laughs> and, uh, Go over and fill her up. I look up. I realize how big she is. And I just, I think and wait. And I smile. And I just wait. Because patience. Patience is the name of the game at this point with this lime skunk. Sometimes that's <laughs> all else I can do. Sometimes patience is really hard. What was that, Superior? How far along into flower are you? Yeah, it's like five, five, six weeks, something like that. I'm not really counting. I'm not going to lie. I did the exact opposite of what you did. I went the Spartan method and just threw those things in the flower and said, hey, good luck. Let's see uh, when you're ready. Budsy would have told you the fucking time and date. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, until the second. I, I know exactly everything. What phase the moon was in. Harvest is the same way. Still got to look at the trichomes. <laughs> you know, I don't harvest on a date, so. Do you guys do any uh like little tricks at the end, like uh you know, twenty four hour darkness, uh maybe like stripping off fan leaves and then you know giving I don't know, giving us some time, I don't know, doing anything, anything weird? You just hang it and say I used to. I mean, it, it's it's kind of my belief now that twenty four hours of darkness is just kickstarting your cure, you know, your your drying your cure. If you've got a good drying cure and you got that controlled, you don't really need to do it. Um just the only thing I'd say I do is harvest before lights on. You know, I don't, I don't want to burn off my terpenes. I don't want to smell my plants right away. So. And, and if you're down and if you're shooting for the maximum terpene levels of your plants um, from the 
actual like science I've seen done on it. Um, it's about two hours before the lights come on to about an hour or so, maybe two hours after the lights come on. Um, so really, yeah, like right before the lights come on, I would say is the most ideal time to harvest your plants. If you're going for terpenes, I mean, there's a, again, a lot of variables and that's just the one yeah. I'm kind of looking for. And uh, yeah, I was going to say that's, that's kind of a huge variable. Yeah. I right. mean, it's the most important in my eyes, but you know, it's just one. I mean, that's what I was telling Pedro before that I, I think that growing for hash has been how to say it really it's changed my growing more than anything else I've done over the years. You know, I've, I've grown a long time, a lot of different ways, but until I started growing for hash, like that modified more of my grow than any other thing that I've changed. How so though? Um, ensuring when I harvest, I never used to, I mean, I was always, you know, for years, for decades, we were closet growers, you know, you gotta, but Take once we're <laughs> You know, it was a whole different game. Um, I would say, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say when I harvest and what plants I choose, of course, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, as much as that, uh, you know, some, sometimes people like to hinge that on the terpene content. Sometimes the physical um, trait of the plant, the way instead of a big dense bud um, you want more of a larfy kind of a plant so that you can access yeah. those trichomes as you're you're doing your solvable extraction you know yeah that's, that's kind of the big one i was getting towards was <laughs> you don't want the dense buds like people want in a bag you want you mm -hmm. want that like you said and it's it, that was the biggest surprise for me i think like and and washing sugar leaves and you know keeping more of the plant so how you harvest buck and bag uh, you know half dry and then buck and bag into a freezer no jars no burping and then washing as soon as you can you know everything being done cold not yeah. letting help harvest that was a big change <laughs> like what was not letting friends help me harvest oh geez well you definitely have to have if you're gonna yeah, if you're gonna have friends harvest friends or family harvest they definitely need to know what they're doing yeah it, it, i think the biggest one was not letting the old heads help me harvest i guess <laughs> their way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dude they'll be picking buds up off the floor <laughs> throwing them in the bag like i'm sorry you gotta but keep like... it all man and then the biggest thing is like well let me just squeeze it i just got to see how good it is like please stop fingering all my fucking buds oh. right <laughs> Jeez. There are so many different standards. I've um oh god, I I hate to even tell this story because I will not name <laughs> names, but I've been in a commercial facility consulting for them, and I watched a uh, I hate to even tell this story. Uh, I watched a security guard walk in and dip his finger into a freshly extracted batch of BHO. And go, oh, that's sticky. <laughs> what the hell? Excuse me. <laughs> that's oh, bro. And it's just like I okay. I mean, I don't have the authority to, but he would be fired on the spot if I was yeah. in any way control of this facility. Well, yeah, he definitely wouldn't. That's yeah. not 
yeah and that's why i'm like all right c1d1 labs uh only the only access to c1d1 labs are those with the ability to run the equipment that is in a c1d1 lab you know what i mean and it's just there there's just things like that i see all the time and it's just it's okay i got one for you you guys talking about having people help you trim and stuff i was uh, i heard recently someone here in michigan is trying to set the standard for single source themselves i won't name names again but they are trying to say that if you did not do everything yourself from the uh the the transplant the you know the oh gosh where do we start uh the planting of the seed the propagating of the clone the transplanting of the pot um the scrogging of the nut the harvesting of the the, the flower the processing of the plant the packaging of the jar the you know every literally everything if it if there's any other hands that touch that entire streamline that it is not any longer single source what are you guys thoughts on that number one mine hits that standard so yay insane um <laughs> um I mean, what is if Dizzy goes in the room? Does that then make it? That is no longer single source. That is the claim. She hasn't been in there for a while, so. But nonetheless, uh, so then I would disagree. You know. But where do you draw the line? Right at what point? So so here's a two-man team. But what if someone wants to have a three-man team? Somebody wants to have a four-man team. You know where do you then draw the line as to right because the and, and and quite frankly there's a scalability issue that we're talking about here right so I know of a micro business in Ann Arbor Michigan uh, called Winewood Organics that I've toured and posted a full video tour on my YouTube channel um, and it is a f- full staff uh, of of uh, growers, processors, uh, people that work in the kitchen, people that know how to run a C1D1 lab, people that know how to run organics, people that know how to run a retail shop and brand it and make packaging. I, this entire company is run by five people. Now, are we saying that, I mean, this is all contained in one, I don't know, five, 6,000 square foot building. It's not that big, right? Are, are we saying that that, fully contained facility that is producing everything that hits their store shelves from within that facility that's not single source no to me it is so I, then i guess I, like i said i guess i disagree because to me yeah. that is that's in-house that's, it sounds that's, like that's grown, grown harvested processed in, in-house as long as everything is done in-house then absolutely i to it to me now when i for example run someone else's material i am not growing it i'm not propagating it i'm not cultivating it i'm not harvesting it i'm not preparing it for fresh frozen i'm simply processing it i'm packaging it i am jarring it i am i don't know maybe dabbing it but is that single source no no, no. 
I didn't grow it. I didn't have any hand in growing it. I didn't have any hand in propagating it, cultivating it, harvesting it. None of that. I just processed it. That are Those are two very different steps and very disconnected, not necessarily, but in this case, disconnected steps. So that is so not it, single source. So it, so it would be considered in-house then, right? In, in I mean, the case that would be the going. definition would be then if we're going to consider single source, we're going to call it in-house. Everything done in-house. Right. Right. I, yeah, that's probably a better definition. Okay. So now having defined it there, what if your processing facility is two miles away? <sighs> Same business. I mean, here in Michigan, technically, those would be separate businesses. You'd have to pay tr uh, um, transport expenses. It'd be manifests of transport. It, it really is disconnected at that point. It's it's just like me processing something for really my, my well, not even my neighbor, but someone down the street at that point. And in that case, I mean, even if we have the same person guiding us, it's no, it's not really not it's, it's not in house. All right, so um, let's 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 narrow it down because Eden is this way. Mm -hmm. uh, one, that there's two different greenhouses, and one and there's just a street separating the two. Are they so same employees? Of, yeah. Well, same then, yeah, it's just, yeah. That's it's Flowers still in house then. Just because it's geographically separate doesn't mean it's not in house. This is like a this is like where we're talking regulatory, right? Because if there is a one foot barrier between myself and my own company that happens to be on one side of this one foot barrier a grower and the other side of this one foot barrier a processor in michigan i have to pay for a transport cost now if there's no barrier in between and they share a borderline then guess what i could walk it next door and not pay for a transport cost like it's things like that that are so silly that define these types of things that i i think we should be the ones to kind of set out and actually break it down because you bring up a good point they're separate it, geographic facilities but it's same hands-on it's that in my opinion is still single source or uh, in-house under whomever's definition that is what benefit do you think there is to having complete one person single source control over the entire process knowing what you're starting with with and knowing what you're ending with and knowing what happens everywhere in between because all it takes is for that commercial flower to get to a processor to then go to a willow machine or some sort of the remediation machine to then go get all its chirps or whatever eaten up by some sort of remediation method and then get thrown back into the the array of dispensaries and pretend like it never happened now it's just another step in the process that doesn't look suspicious but that could be a remediation step in which you would never have any idea because it's not labeled or required to be labeled um when it's yeah, that's a definite flaw anyways i mean i think right. it was colorado that's trying to get it to start being mandatory for the labels for i hope so man someone needs to someone yeah. needs to and i and you know what i i've, I've talked about this for a couple of years now I, as far as i'm aware and this probably has changed since i last looked it up 
Alaska, I think, was the only state in the union that required terpene testing and labeling right. on everything, or at least most you know products. Maybe it was just flour, maybe it was concentrated sunflower. I'm not sure, but um, I thought that was pretty cool because yeah, that's a really important part of it, guys. Just right. not just the cannabinoids, not just the residual solvent, not just the pesticides and heavy metals and everything else that we should be testing for. Um, that's a huge one. So don't leave it out if you you know. I mean, I'll. I'm thankful that I'm in Michigan because we at least have decent rec laws. I mean, we have our growers. I can I can do twelve plants. I'm happy with twelve plants. Um, I'm not mad about really anything we have. Um, I wish the micro business was a little more accessible. You know, yeah, you and I had that discussion before. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's a little, it, it's a, it was a good idea until, you know, the floor fell. Now it's just not viable. Not in like, at least in our area. Well, you know what Warren Buffett says, right? Which one? Which quote? <laughs> yeah, no, there's so many. There's so many. Uh, when everyone is scared, be greedy. When everyone's greedy, be scared. Something along those lines. And I think, right. yeah, the floor did fall out. And uh, I think it might be. I mean, dude, looking at the the fact now, this isn't we're not talking price per pound or anything like that. So I know there's big differences here, but I think it was July of this year, 2023. Didn't Michigan just set the the record for the highest recreational cannabis sales of any month of any state or something like that? We're like on I, I believe we're now number one in the entire country for cannabis sales this year yeah, i remember or, seeing something about it it is and the numbers are huge looking at the reports it's like 273 million dollars in rec sales in the month of july alone it, it going through those reports though is really eye-opening too because Fucking it tells shattered. you how many pounds are sitting in freezers yeah. ready to be extracted oh the fresh frozen i know who has yeah. all of that <laughs> yeah, there are thousands of pounds hundreds of thousands it's not yeah. thousands it is right, hundreds right. of thousands of pounds the numbers are insane and uh -huh. thinking like right now i mean you know the big the big grower here uh, or dispensary whole chain and they they just posted photos of their harvest of 120,000 plants or whatever that's about to flood the market here it's it's wild to think but yeah, we uh I think in 2022, I think our prediction was like oh, I hope I'm not getting this off by like a factor of a decimal, but I think it was <laughs> 2 million 2 million outdoor plants were slated to be harvested in Michigan and just outdoor alone in 2022 or something like that. And and there was also something else where they passed something that allowed you to do more outdoor based on your license too. So there was something with that, like, huh. and I don't remember if that was last year's crop or this year's crop, but it was to help fill a gap for something. I don't remember. What, <laughs> what, is, the what is the gap? What is the gap? What is the gap? The gap is quality. And guess what? Allowing them to grow more garbage is not going to bring it in. <laughs> Maybe allowing caregivers to access the market would allow that. Was it Pennsylvania? Someone just, uh, push or like basically throw out a bill saying hey like maybe we should allow caregivers to supply to the dispensaries 
it's like, oh, this sounds familiar. 2019 yeah. September. What's up? But I mean, what does that really solve? I mean, it solves quality, but you're going to have to charge a higher premium. There, there's a good chunk of the market that isn't what we're after. It, it's not I'm not a, after. I'm not. I'm after about 1% of the entire market, man. Right. Yeah. The high I'm not market, after. Right. Uh, no, well, no, 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 I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking like that. If we're talking hundred percent scale, I'm not talking the hundredth percent. I'm not talking 99. I'm <laughs> just talking. I'm overall of the entire market. I'm only looking to satisfy 1% of the entire market's needs, even at the commercial level, because I don't think there's a scale at which you can be considered craft and satisfy 40% of the market. Like, I just, right. I yeah, mean, God bless you if you can, but there's probably, well, I mean, you probably said more problems there. <laughs> yeah, you said it yourself. Look at how big Michigan's market is. $273 million in one month, dude. Yeah. And that's just rec. Now, granted, medical is only like 2.8% of the market here in Michigan now, which is mm -hmm. sad, you know, but I, I guess, you know, that was kind of by design too. I, I know lots of long time, long, long time growers that just stopped, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't run their shit anymore. Yeah. Of course, the first ones to go were the ones that didn't transition to LED costs, costs go away, you know, way, way too high real quick. That's true, man. So, you know, they, it's a big they, upfront cost, but if you could get in early, like the price never went down on those. That's the thing. right. Yeah. So the people that transitioned early had made their money back and then were able to last a little longer because cost to run was lower. Hey, and guys, warning, if you haven't heard already, Hortilux, uh, they're no longer in business. Hawthorne, uh, the company that manages oh, all of those brands that we love and know as growers from the 2000s era, they're just flicking those brands off left and right, or maybe left and right depending on the way you're looking at the screen because guess what they're not making them any money and uh hortilux hps bulbs happens to be one of them uh oh, you're no longer going to be able to buy those so if you're rocking hps bulbs right now and you're getting hortilux hps hps bulbs well i hope you got another plan or you got some leds on the way because it's <laughs> short-lived and uh same goes for you single-ended buddies and double-ended buddies whatever uh just move on it's it's they're they're literally just taking away options at this point because they yeah that's this is consolidation <laughs> sorry to be doom and gloom that's just <laughs> all the bad news yeah it's, uh, i learned that a few months ago and i was like oh i got some people to tell about this this is not good <laughs> i'm glad i went led early enough <clears throat> But mine have lasted now seven years. Dang, so really? Yeah. Are you are you Cobb diode? What are you, what are you rocking? No, oh, I'm the original HLG 300s. Oh, dang! Nice, dude. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't have a single diode out. That's so awesome. It's when, when I started growing in. I don't know, probably ninety nine or two thousand. Um, I was HPS and metal, metal halide. Um, mm -hmm. But when we started 
growing here as you know Pedro's grow room. Uh, we actually started with the Chinese height. What are they? The hydro hydro hut, hydro something or other. Um, made a horrible choice on on yeah. my first LED selection. <laughs> you know, but of research by doing Google research and shit. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of ads led him to this crappy purchase. Yep. It sucked. It sucked. It sucked. And the, that actually one of those lights is the one that uh, Gromouse took and modified for me. And I'm actually still using it back here. He modified it and put some um some of the PLCs in there. Nice. Some of the co early cobs. Yes. Well, some of the, then they have the boards, the rectangular boards, I think. And then they had some cobs too. So, yeah, he modified it pretty. It was, it was, a, it was kind of a big thing on the, on the round table. Yeah. Just like two weeks ago, I finally moved. I had an eight bulb uh, T5 that was back here, you know, had to go out to the, the shed. Finally, it's, it's never going to get used again. It's just been sitting there for a very long time. But that was my early veg light before I went LED. I got one of those hanging in a tent right now, not even turned on. Fucking yep. probably one ball works. Like, yeah, it just <laughs> needs to get put in a rafter somewhere. Yep. That's what's going to happen with mine, too. I had a friend that wanted it a long time ago and then he never showed up. So, <laughs> sold on eBay for less than the shipping. Like, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's a shop a light at this point, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. They're not yeah, bad for shop that lights. I went and bought a damn shop light. <laughs> you got those T5 bulbs or T7 or whatever. They, I don't even know what they yeah, are. Yeah, whatever the hell they are. I forget. Dude, speaking of like uh, just like getting in on like new lights and stuff, I, I did test some some LEDs early on, uh, the blur poles and all that fun stuff. <laughs> uh, but I tested one of the first gen. Uh, double-ended fixtures and it was like pre gavita um like right around when those were coming out and this motherfucker lit on fire in my grower oh shit <laughs> yeah Jesus. yeah so just be careful if you guys are out there testing products because unfortunately i was there when it happened i saw it like literally saw it happen oh my god at one point in my life, I I may have had a 1,000 watt HPS in a closet in Texas somewhere. That probably wasn't the smartest idea. Probably not the smartest idea. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, we all start somewhere. Speaking of which, what was like the uh, the first setup you guys had? Mine was a two and a half by five by two tent, literally in a closet, um, ducked it out of a, a window. And like clothes, like dirty, like quote unquote dirty clothes laying on top of the ducting to pretend like it was not there, you know, like <laughs> clearly something trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah. It worked for a little bit. <laughs> I I had a walk-in closet. My first real big one <clears throat> was 97. Um, had a walk-in closet that had two buckets that had hydrogen in them. And I did the whole airlift bubble system. So you just have an air pump that pumps air and that bubbles the water up and drips from the top. 
and had a thousand watt HPS and grew a couple of really nice ladies. <laughs> so my first setup, uh, I was living in an apartment in Madison, Wisconsin, actually. And I had a corner apartment and it had a big bedroom, a very big bedroom that I was able to put a four by eight uh, tent in. And I just, I, I installed the, you know, uh, I installed the uh, uh, one light and then the next light. But the, here's the, here's the funniest part. It was the dumbest part that I did. Uh, you know, it was, I mean, it was super highly illegal, right? So I installed those timers, those, those, you know, like you see in the bathroom that, that they, every air half an hour, they just, yeah, they had the air freshener. Oh, and yeah. And I mean, because I had to keep the smell down, but I, they sprayed way <laughs> too much way too often and i probably oh, had no. too many of them <laughs> how many did you have five seven like hour forever I, hold your peace yeah it was four six yeah it was it was oh that's enough for like a I, stadium I, men's room this is I, this is my <laughs> the very first indoor grow you know i mean it was i feel you yeah tasted like perfume <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah, you good. Walk in, you can taste the air. It just, it wasn't good at all, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, and then basically, you, I harvested and and dried in the tent, you know, and and did everything in the tent. That was my. That was, mm -hmm. Your setup was my first one was when we bought this house. Um, and we needed to have it behind fence, but there was no fencing in this house yet. So we bought just enough to make like a little pen in the backyard. <laughs> and we had some plants in there with, uh, just like fabric pots, I think. Yes, we did it. We did it. No, probably just like, we had a cedar plank fence ones, that know. we built around because we didn't have the big fence around the entire yeah. property yet. It's like the secret garden. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to hide it, you know, and be not not conspicuous. Because they got so tall. <laughs> yeah, this was my first outdoor grow experience here in Colorado. Um, I was like, no, there's not weed in there. <laughs> and yeah, I think we used I think we used the fabric pots. Uh, the problem there, the variable there was inside well yeah the height obviously we couldn't hide them uh, but being inside the, the the wood fence the cedar plank fence it got fucking hot like extremely oh. hot. what how big was the thing 12 by 12 16 18 by 18 16, maybe yeah maybe. it wasn't it wasn't very it wasn't, big yeah. at all and it got hot inside no airflow yeah and kind of was blocking light you know somewhat so they really stretched up and got taller <laughs> <laughs> you try to put them behind a fence and so they reached higher than the fence yeah exactly oh no <laughs> i get it <laughs> having the having the and installing the uh uh the greenhouse has been a godsend i mean it's it's completely changed everything i did yeah with the in-ground trenching and the soil improvements because we couldn't do that at first here 
there's a there's a funny story so so i have a greenhouse it's uh 48 foot long but i i want we have shit soil here you know it's it's basically a adobe uh it's like clay it's just clay it's just nasty so i we needed a trench we need i needed to dig a trench all the way down the center of the greenhouse so that i could um add soil and and reamend and and create my my new you know micro environment out there and uh so the only thing that i had available at the time was my father-in-law's tractor and 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 the tractor is just was this little little tractor with a, a front bucket only and I, I had to dig a hole so there was no there was no back uh, the backhoe arm and uh so i had to dig down grab a scoop back up turn around and go and dump my, my scoop come back drive down back up turn around. so by the time i got to the end of this thing or even you know the middle trying to back up down a trench that's three foot deep you know it, how wide are we how only wide is that's only as wide as the bucket that you just used to scoop like the, the wheelbase is just as the wheelbase basically yeah uh yeah yeah so uh, no, so yeah trying to rattling backwards <laughs> it was a effing nightmare yeah effing nightmare of like during the whole story? sure how long did it take do you remember like how long the process of me? Um, I want to say it was a few days at least that you did that. Yeah. Man, if only we could just like take half of your soil and swap with half of mine. <laughs> I'm all sure. sand. You're all clay. Oh, man. sure, sure. I'm just yeah, it gets, right it gets nasty. Uh, we didn't have any lawn here when we when we moved in. It was mm -hmm. just nasty adobe. <clears throat> And uh, when it would rain, uh, walking up it was a nightmare. You know, just sticking to your your whatever you're whatever you're wearing. You know, it's horrible. <laughs> horrible. <Shoes. laughs> when I moved in, my driveway was a two track, and it, there was no walking paths, nothing. So, outside of the little concrete right in front of the house, it was just mud all the way out. If it rained. Dang, that's a lot of gravel too. If you're gonna, you know, it took a while to fill in. Yeah, a lot of sand dumping, a lot of gravel. But that was kind of the secret for building my soil was actually adding clay to it. So it's funny you said yours is all. Yeah, yeah I suppose there's aeration and uh, all we, kinds of stuff. You know, we we need a. Uh... We need a, a guest on to get the, the appropriate detail for this. But there's another variable is um, soil content in your location and what amendments are needed, you know. Yeah. that Those are ridiculous variables, you know. Something we could, we could potentially get uh, Jeremy from Build a Soil. Somebody should add that. Yeah, to. that's exactly what I was thinking. He's right here in town. We can get him on the show here. That would be awesome. Yeah, we've been trying to build soil. It, it it's definitely taken longer than you know. Um, I initially thought. You know, you get a little cocky when you first start, and it's like, oh, I can do this in a couple of years. 
you know, we're, we're on year six now and, but we're, we've got stuff growing everywhere. We want stuff to be growing. There's actually soil. Everything's not just sand. But, yeah. The chickens were the key to the system, you know, for us just had to learn how to work with them. <laughs> just like everything else. You can't, control. you just got to work with what they're going to do what they're going to yeah. do everywhere. So <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm still, uh, I, I, I haven't yet, but I still want to get Bantam chickens. Those things are so amazing. <laughs> Dude. I love our bannies. The eggs are like that. Big. Like <laughs> quail we eggs or like glorified Robin eggs. Yeah. <laughs> We had one at one point. We had too many chickens, though. I think our balance was a little bit off, you know, between the too many eggs and the damage that they were doing and, you know, the pooping on the deck and all that. It was just a lot. There's too many chickens. Yeah. It took us a I long time to get, chickens. like, we don't have shit everywhere now. They have a, a great outdoor run. In the winter, they have a, an indoor run. Do you keep them contained, though? Yes. Yeah. But their outdoor run is in the middle of the forest. So, I mean, they're getting, and we also, we do the microgreens. So we've got the, the veggie shelf. We're getting back up. Um, so we just grow greens for them in the winter. So they, they even get fresh greens every day in the winter. Yeah. You honestly wouldn't even know it's there until you heard them. You know what I mean? It blends right in. Yeah. The back is pretty crazy. And I mean, we've been lucky so far We with, you know, we've got big animals on our property. So there's, there's foxes, there's coyotes, there's bears, but still far nothing. So you're primarily using just their manure by cleaning their pens. <clears throat> we're doing, there. Yeah. Deep litter. So we're also using them for our compost needs. So they speed up the compost piles. Because you can, once you get a compost pile started, you get it heated up, you just let the chickens have it. They spread it out, you pile it back up. They spread it out, you pile it back up. So, and, and they'll tear it to shreds. It allows you, I hate turning compost. That shit gets heavy. Agreed. That's hard work. It, it, it sucks. If you don't got a tractor, you know, <laughs> it's just not worth it. No, it's, and, and trying yeah, to do it. I guess you're probably right. Or chickens, you know, tractor yeah. or chickens. <laughs> so like indoors in the winter to help them, we'll have a foot, foot and a half of straw. And then come springtime, you pull it out and the whole bottom of it's just beautiful composted over. Just add to it as the winter goes on. I do remember we been, yeah, right. we've been doing some things, spread it outside and they tear it up. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wild how quick they'll turn turn your compost into good usable stuff. How many do you have right now, including the bantams? I know they're kind of like, eh, half yeah, half of the um, <laughs> I think, I don't know, 18? Oh, something like that's that. exactly how many we have. That's funny. Yeah, so, but I have way too many roosters right now. I got to get rid of some roosters. How many do you have? We have two now. We reduced oh, yeah, them recently. Yeah, like, we have like fucking six. I've thought about you a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done. They are not making it to winter. No, they shouldn't make it till the following week. If the, <laughs> okay, here's what uh, I got. All right. 
I'll make you a some sort of bet here. <laughs> if you don't have, if we both don't have less than, I don't know what three roosters <laughs> by the time the Lions lose their next game. Oh man! Wait, are you guys more Green Bay Packers fans up there? Oh no, I I was born and raised in Detroit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean. What about you, Pedro? You were kind of, you know, you got roots. Oh yeah, because of my, because of my grandfather, Bears, Bulls, Cubs. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. But honestly, I don't watch. I don't watch sports at all anymore. That's fair enough. I'm just trying to find a timeline to make this bet work on. <laughs> <laughs> Six roosters is a lot, dude. We we I had know. four, and it was but, like. Four okay, so we had four roosters out of a flock of twenty, right? So that that means we had sixteen hens, and they were they were pretty beat up. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's the problem. Yes, and it's yeah, they don't like it. I don't like it. No one likes it. All of our roosters are bantam roosters. Oh well, that's a different thing too. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all like specialty breeds, so. One this of them beautiful. is a gray, fuzzy-footed little guy. One is pure white um, with fuzzy feet. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We might be willing to take one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we have one that looks like your actual, like when you think of a, what's the what's the show that has the rooster in it? The stupid rooster? Moana. Yeah. The rooster from Moana. Oh, looks yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I know what you're talking about. I got rooster. kids. <laughs> he's, like, he's this big. And just rides on the boat with her and stuff, dude. It's, yeah. I love that. Yeah. What's his yeah. name? Oh, come on. His name's Hey Hey. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Hey Hey. Hey Hey is his mm-hmm. name. Okay. That movie's so good. It really is. <laughs> it's a good. Makes me cry. <sighs> Every one of those damn movies makes me cry. I know. Well, man. We all have children now, and that's what got us. <laughs> yep. One thing about chickens is don't let them be around your young veg plants outside. Mm-hmm. They will eat them. There's yeah. a reason I no longer have cucumbers on my deck. <laughs> the chickens. There's a reason I also no longer have broccoli on my deck, which were in the pot that I grew the cucumbers in because oh. the chickens got to those too. Oh, man. I cannot grow things on my deck because my chickens like to be on my deck. And when my chickens see a 25-gallon pot and all that dirt inside of it, all they think is, oh, dirt bath. I'm going to dig it all up. Oh, there's food in it. I'm going to eat it all. <laughs> it's little shits. Ours up, I had hostas that grew beautifully beside the side of the house and all in the front. Gorgeous. And then we got chickens. And they free-ranged for three years. <laughs> And we didn't see hostas for three years. Dude, that is actually, I didn't even think about that. Uh, that might explain some things this year. <laughs> they eat everything green they can find. Yeah. it's. I'll tell you what, though. We had um, <laughs> a, a four-foot fence keeps them out of your garden. It does not keep the deer out. Mm. We definitely don't have to deal with that here. Really? No, the worst thing we'd have to deal with would be the neighbor's dog. Oh, no. Wouldn't you think? Well, 
it's possible we could get deer, but it's very rare for us to see them just in this area. And we have the six foot fence around the whole backyard. So that helps. I mean, they'll, they'll jump it, but that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our deer up here for sure would jump it. <laughs> yeah. No, I know someone that's not too far from me that runs a homestead and they had to put up, I, uh, I think they told me a 15 foot fence. I don't think they stopped at 12 or whatever you're supposed to like, you know, the mat right. or the, the minimum or whatever it is. I might even be 10. Um, they went all the way to 15 <laughs> and that's just for their vegetable garden and like their homestead food right yeah and i get it now i mean i put up a security cameras on it and i put up a four foot fence just to keep the rabbits and squirrels out i wasn't expecting the deer to oh i don't know plow through my entire row of carrots in one night like Mm -hmm. oh no the first year I'm successful with root-based plants, and they just decide to enjoy them all. Come on, man! Oh, something for me. Went to town, huh? <laughs> for real. I was yeah. gonna say that's the worst thing I can think of would be a ten stretching a ten foot fence and trying to do that shit. That's got to be heavy as hell. You have to have a fence stretcher or a tractor to do that tall of a fence. Yeah, or be doing like multiple like not layers but like uh um, we did we did the five foot and we could barely stretch that shit would come along <laughs> i've seen people use atvs put it that way yeah uh, they'll just we were take... doing it where, i mean you've seen my chicken run it's yeah. in the woods i couldn't oh so yeah i yeah. didn't fit anywhere I come along would be a good idea though and that probably yeah, yeah that's what we did we just hooked the trees and used to come along and yeah it was that was quite the fight <laughs> I don't ever want to stretch a fence again. Got to hand yeah, dude. Farmers the them. old days, man. Well, and then watching like Yellowstone and these shows of like westerns, like where they're just running these, you know, kind. Of, it's only like you know a couple wires or a couple barbed wire lines or something, but still, you're running hundreds of feet of it at a time. Right. Uh, I can't imagine the tension on those, you know. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, I put up a bat house recently. So I got like, I don't know what it was, like a 16 foot pole or something along those lines and, uh, you know, buried it. No, it had it been way bigger than that because I buried it like six feet. And it's way bigger than a basketball net. And uh, <laughs> uh, like just just burying that one post, it was fun. It was cool. But like, I can't imagine doing that for, I mean, I know you you have what, 20 plus or so but I can't imagine doing that like for a hectare, a, oh, yeah, a couple no. thousand acres, like just a, several miles worth of fence line. Like just burying posts is one thing. Stretching that wire is another. Like that whole, it's just crazy work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, see the, I, I see the fences up in the mountains up here when I go four wheeling and whatnot. And I'm like, the work that just to get the material in the material you know and the tools in to do the job and then the rock that you have to go through to you know to bury in any kind of posts is just ridiculous yeah they so i use like a measly two-hand or two-pulled you know post holder like the wooden handle yeah good good stuff you know what i mean good stuff only gets you about as tall as you can dig yourself you know what i mean um, but yeah, like we talked about, I think on the last show with those, those augers and stuff like the, the motorized ones, 
you can you can get you know there's a hand tool for everything it seems like nowadays i wish i had a tractor because i would solve a lot of these problems with you know some sort of attachment i'm sure an implement or whatever but um you know we're talking starting costs of basically a whole nother grow (laughs) that was my whole problem is father-in-law has a tractor with an auger we could have done all of my fence holes in you know an hour if I wanted to cut down 50 trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are you going to get the tractor through there without destroying the habitat, you know? Right. Yeah, yep. that's a good point, so, man. And we wanted the trees because that's our bird protection. I mean, we got eagles, you know. Our, our fucking crows are a foot and a half tall. Like, <laughs> Hold on, though. What about your squirrels? How tall or short are your squirrels? We and got, what's we going on little squirrels. Yeah, what's going on with the squirrels up there? I don't know. It's weird. The first time I ever went to Taquamanon Falls, I had a squirrel jump into my car while I was packing up. It was inside of my car on my console, just looking at me when I went to go sit down in my driver's seat. I said, excuse me, sir. Yeah. So one day, Bree and I got the razor, and we rode all the way out to the lighthouse. And, I mean, we get about halfway there. It's an hour and a half drive. And we stop for a break. I get out and a chipmunk pops his head out from under my seat and looking. He's been riding with us the whole, under my seat the entire and we're ripping. Oh my gosh, we're going north. And I mean, we're he had to win the ride of his life. Oh, sure. What is happening? I mean, I hit I hit everything at 50, 55, 60. We just rip it the whole time. That's awesome. Our trails are so much fun. Oh, you're talking on the trails the whole time. Oh yeah, we were. The <laughs> Dude, he was holding on for dear life his entire trip. Yeah, it's it was funny. Although, though. I got a photo of him, and he's just sitting under my seat, and then he didn't want to get out. But finally, we got him out. But then, of course, you know, he's 20 miles from home at that point, or whatever. I mean, he may have found some sort of edible or something fun to eat under the car seat while you were on the way and just kind of was cool with it until you got there. And he was like, hey, man, are we going home? Should have taken him with us all the way because the next stop was a little bar that serves great pizza in the middle of the woods. Where was that? That sounds like a fun place. Yeah. I'll no, don't give you. it up. Don't give it up. We'll talk yep. off air. Yep. I'll show you. <laughs> It's a, it's a good spot. I love it, dude. I love it. I love I one of my favorite <laughs> most favorite restaurants in the UP got shut down. Well, not got shut down. Um they were they were essentially forced to close cuz of uh what happened with the pandemic, you know, and they were in the middle of the Hiawatha um and I mean just not not a lot of advertising going on, not a lot of foot traffic, not a lot of traffic at all. Uh, but if you kind of, as one of those, if you know, you know, kind of places, I think, and, right. um, man, it was worth going to every time I went up there, but I'm glad you showed me the last place we went to. Um, oh, right. we were, yeah, that was very tasty. I'm excited to go try some more things there. Yeah, um, I'm going to come very hungry next time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every plate there is massive. Yeah. And it all looks very delicious or sounds right. very delicious and looks very delicious. <laughs> Um, I, honestly, man, that that place gave me inspiration. I I've thought about that place a few times, and I'm like, dude, if I could do though. your barbecue, looks awesome. You do great shit on. You got you. Which brand was it again? 
it's the Traeger. It's like Traeger. you know the, the basic boy barbecue, but uh, it works really, really well. It's changed my whole perception on like meat yeah. and you know steaks and everything. Um, but I I will say like to open a restaurant, um, if if I couldn't include cannabis in some way or another, and I wanted to open a restaurant, it would probably be something like what that dude's doing, because like. I would probably find some way to include cannabis or something like, you know, like something extra, like, yeah. you know, just make that it awesome. Farm to table, I guess would be the, the most ideal, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, he, he's got a lot of great like dishes and I love it. I love and it. Dude. All local stuff. It's all Wisconsin cheese. Mm-hmm. It's all, um, yeah. There you go, Pedro. Local produce. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's local produce. I looked up at Pedro to wait for the reaction. <laughs> He's trying not to. Yeah, I've got a I've got a bunch of Wisconsin cheese here in the freezer. Nice. Got some 10 year, 12 year. Damn. Yeah, is there running a little low? You have to try the poutine because that's like home homemade fries, gravy with cheese curds squeaky cheese oh so i guess i should have included the cheddar just check sharp sharp ass sharp ass old mm. ass cheddar the sharper the, the older the drier the crumblier <laughs> what what uh what makes a beer cheese like you know like the like the beer cheese dip or whatever like around here in the lower peninsula away from cheese country there's this place called picani and picani has i don't know some sort of cheese factory and they make all sorts of cheese dips and things and spreads and whatnot and it's probably not even like the realest cheese you know i'm not going to try to compare it or anything but it's one of these things is called beer cheese and it spreads well and it works with pretzels and chips and other things i don't like what what is that Fuck if I know. Well, <laughs> I used to work at a restaurant. We had beer cheese, what we called beer cheese. And it was basically you had the cheese, you had like a seasoning mix, and then you used beer as the wedding agent with the seasoning mix, and you melted it all together. So that's, yeah, it's so literally, literally the... had beer in it. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. It just so can you get drunk off it? No. No. But well, you could dip anything it in it. It was so good. You know what's the funny thing about alcohol? Well, why can't you get drunk out of it? Well, I'll tell you, Pedro. Oh, don't tempt! Don't you <laughs> test me? Oh, so Pedro, I'll tell you. There's this is kind of the beauty of the difference between alcohol and THC. Alcohol is more like terpenes in that when you apply it under heat, it tends to evaporate, right? So there's a certain temperature at which alcohol, just like ethanol, will evaporate. I think last time we talked about it, it was 173 degrees. Does that sound right? Anybody, maybe anybody in chat, somebody. Um, So in the processing of the cheese. And so, yeah, and the, or or even whatever you might be baking. Some maybe you're making beer brats. Maybe you're making uh, a cer- certain kind of cake that has a, a Guinness beer or something in it, or right, or like some some sort of brandy garnished something or another that you're, I don't know, throwing other 350 degrees heat in your oven. It's not gonna be there on the other end, and that's why it's 
something that you can serve to, I mean, I don't know, pretty much anyone without worry of them getting drunk because that alcohol is gone, just like the terpenes will be. However, if we talk about something like THC, well, if we start with THCA and then we throw it in something like an oven at maybe 350 degrees and we cook maybe a brownie and all of a sudden it converts from THCA to THC, yeah, it's getting psychoactive. You know, it's not losing potency, it's gaining potency. So that is the difference. Um, but yeah, well, beer cheese is still home. good, but it did lose a little bit of its luster. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, good luck getting drunk on beer cheese. I mean, I don't think I'd want to try. I mean, just like two, those could be the two of the greatest things ever. I would love to, you know, whatever. That's I love such a good question. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a pretzel down at town. Yeah. Bar here in town. No wetzels. A brewery in town. It's a big old soft pretzel, and they we serve it with beer cheese. It comes with like rock salt on top, um, and yeah, it's got nice. it comes with beer cheese, and it's just we need to go ahead and have another one of those. Have it. That's where we got to go for Groly. They're the brewery up here. They actually yeah. all locally brewed, and then they've got the beer cheese and. Okay. Wisconsin cheese with local beer. Nice. I mean, I'm down to try. I'm honestly, I'm not even a huge beer cheese guy. It's delicious. But if I'm taking, <laughs> like, uh, dude, if I'm taking one of those dips, I, I got to be honest, that cinnamon, like that whipped cinnamon butter, is there nothing oh. better to dip things oh, in? Yeah, that stuff's good. Than a whipped cinnamon <laughs> butter. <laughs> I forgot about that. It could be it could be fingernails. I don't care. Whipped cinnamon butter. <laughs> I mean your own fingernail. That's someone else's. No, that's Jeez. That's like you know where your own has been. You know it's okay. <laughs> the the fucking frosting that you get at I think it's Domino's, right? The little cup of fucking frosting that oh. you get. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like an ounce and a half, and not nearly enough. It is like you don't even need you don't even need to dip anything but your finger in it. It's See the fingernails. See Dizzy. Okay. But you added meal. It was just weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like to get in all the crevices. No, I, I like the toaster strudels that you get. You just pop them in. They come out and they got the little individual packet of frosting. Okay, oh, hold on. Sure. How many packets <laughs> per strudel? Are you allotted? And how to, many do you use? Just, it used to need, one. it used to need two, but these days the packets are actually overfilled. I don't even use the whole one, so some oh, of it. No is yeah, start fingering. off the edges and get really. Busy. Oh really? Yeah. They need There's to make another option with those motherfuckers, <laughs> which is extra frosting because the regular ones piss me off. I get about halfway through the goddamn. And it's oh, gone. so you're you're a, a coat it and frosting guy. Oh, I, I like frosting. Like you you want to you want to ice it like a cake. Yeah, I like, I like yeah. Okay, I get it. There's not he much pouring down his arm, space. dripping off the elbow. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I want to be able to scoop the crumbs. Right. <laughs> if, if I could do both sides, fuck the fingers. I'm going for it. Dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. Be honest, but don't. Um, 
does he finish his toaster strudel with a spoon? Don't be honest. But, but be honest. <laughs> his finger. <laughs> nah, see, it's the fingernail. Fingernails. Are, I mean, fingers are okay. I said a spoon, Pedro. I like. Oh. I just wanted to know if you're scooping icing off off the plate. Do. Because that's what I would do. No, I'm do. probably licking it. I'm probably wiping my finger. <laughs> yeah, a finger is okay. Okay. I just want to make yeah. sure we're all on the same page before I was getting, you know, ridiculed. Scrape a plate. Come on. A finger bends to the plate and gets it all. Can't leave any frosting behind. Dude, okay. You're okay. Let's tie this back in. That also <laughs> applies to a dab jar. Are you not using a dab tool? Oh, yeah. We're definitely yeah. flat. No, <laughs> no. If I'm if I'm out like four wheeling or sometimes when we go up to work, um, if we don't have a dab tool, you have to adapt, right? And I I have been known to use my pocket knife before as a dab tool, you know. Um, I'm I I think I might have used a stick one time. I don't remember, but. <laughs> You know what, my um, I, I gotta be honest, my uh, I know they're handy somewhere, probably too far from my reach right now. Um, my favorite backup dab tool, and it's something that we often have as dabbers, is a q tip. You just pop the head off, and sure. you might I have, have to you might have to pinch a little bit because there will be some fibers. I mean, I know it's not stainless steel, it's not there perfect, won't be fibers if you but use hey. Bob Oh, there you go. There you go. But yeah, you can kind of on a, on a you know, kind of Q-tip brand or whatever, you just kind of pinch or twist the head right off. And it becomes this kind of point and you can just uh, pull up some dab material and throw it right in there. Now, I know it's paper. It's not perfect. But in a pinch, done quite agree. often. I would agree. I would agree. 100%. I think How many times have you... I've had a lot of random tools over the years, but since I got the Mystic Timbers, they've been just the go-to now. They're like, I don't know, makes it easy to scrape the jars. <laughs> Definitely like a, I, I use the the Warlock tool here. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yep. Yeah, and the thin tip, regardless, is it, it is what makes the tool, as far as I'm concerned. Just yeah, because of the, the way I dab, and, the thick, and it depends on what I'm dabbing. I if it's a dry rosin, there's another variable. If it's yeah. dry rosin, uh, I definitely need a, a fatter, a wider tool. Yeah, once you get stoned, you can't balance a dab on that little skinny shit. <laughs> oh, <not laughs> dude, hundred <I>, percent. <laughs> I have been known to just yeah, my finger's cold. I dropped it. Yeah. I've been no, yeah, I've been known to just dump. This keyboard is at least 13 grams live resin. <laughs> Don't yeah, get dizzy going. You go to move it, and like half of it falls on the desk, so you got to pick it up with your fingers. And drop it. <laughs> I've got a tray that holds my keyboard here. You know, it slides <laughs> in and out. Holds my keyboard and my mouse, and underneath it is. It, it's it's pretty disgusting even to me. I just kind of yeah, it's 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 getting to the point where I really need to do something about it. It's definitely sliding its way upwards on the uh, to do list. So so ours was getting pretty bad, Pedro, and we bought this. 
Okay. Oh, I don't know. It's, I don't even how do I pronounce it. I don't know. Puladicky. Puladicky. It's basically like slime. Well, no, you pronounce oh, it, goddammit. What? Why? I was not expecting good. Where does that go? Where does the Puladicky go? Should we get the Puladicky? Can I stuff my whole banger in there? Or what's happening? What, what are we doing with this thing? Pull it, pull it, Universal it's dust pull cleaning it. gel. Oh, dust cleaning gel. Uh, yeah. So, so oh, you use in. it across your keyboard and everything, and it picks everything up and carries it. Only duster. How yeah, much is a pull dicky? It's not very expensive. I bought it on Amazon. I suppose it probably depends but, on what state. And all that stuff is in the. <laughs> In the goo, and yeah. Then, oh, I feel like there's got to be an industrial grade. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it cleaned it cleaned the crap. Our keyboards, or my keyboard especially, I work at my computer all day. It was pretty bad. Is there a, is there a, a size like is there a big big pull a dicky? Pull a dicky. A small pull a dicky. Just you pocket. Can't, only only one only one size. A travel pull a dicky. There's no competition. Yeah. They they may have they may have keychains oh, with Puladicky attached. Can you can you combine Puladickies? Can I take two Puladickies and make a big Puladicky? A bigger one, you probably could. <laughs> and you could you could mix every one of them together. You could have a whole bucket of Puladicky. Oh, <laughs> uh, how do you clean the Puladicky? You can't clean it. That's my point. I don't know. You gotta throw it away eventually, right? I only clean how many uses? I'm thinking one, guys. So the pull dicky just gets so dirty that you gotta just throw it away. Throwing away a used pull dicky. Wash it. So I just you can wash it. Yes. I can't. How do you wash a pull dicky? I gotta know. Just like anything, you rinse it underwater, you know, give it a good give good rub in between the hands. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm, uh, Says I'm, gonna, it, I'm trying to de underrail this. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we I, I think we went How way we <laughs> back trail. because it's time to close the show out oh, now. Man, we, we got it. to this really like oh, high point of weirdness. Weird, weird fucking note, right? Jesus. Well, coming back. <laughs> I think somebody's gonna have to go back. To the weird this week. Oh, at least we ended weird. Oh goodness! All right, well, Thank you for sharing that with us, <laughs> Cheers, guys! That was fun. Uh, catch us every Friday night here on whatever stream you're watching us on, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern Time and 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We'll be live streaming, talking your favorite girl topics, Ash topics. Oop, did I say the the magic word? Oof! <laughs> Shout us out. Let's uh, right. let's go, Dizzy. Dizzy, start it off. Where where can we find you? You can find me over on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Instagram under the Dizzy Grower. Pedro? Uh, YouTube, Pedro's Grow Room, which is probably the most popular now. Uh, and then Instagram, there's pedros.grow.room. There's mr.rosins.neighborhood, which is my most active. Uh, there's the Heady Vault for all of your 
if you guys want to get into some nicer glass. Uh, I forgot one last week, and I don't know if I did that or not. But Twitch. We'll go with that. Oh, Twitch. Thank you. Twitchy, Twitchy, Boots. So moderators. <laughs> Superior, while you're chugging that, uh, tell us where you're at. <laughs> uh, streaming live 24-7 over on YouTube at Superior Buds 420. Or is it just Superior Buds over there? Superior.live. Yeah, or the shortcut is superior.live. That'll take you right there. Uh, I, and I then we're also on Instagram and X, along with everyone else that wants some safe cannabis content. They're not going to delete us over there. So trying it out. Same. All of them and more you can find in the links below in the description. Um if it's not there, we'll try to get it there. We gotta, we gotta, we're multicasting everywhere. Check us out, guys. Uh, until next week, cheers. Cheers, all. Have a good weekend.